Today's Nazanaf Samachay, the second to last Daf of Masachis Nazir, and we are by the mission on the bottom of Samachdal in Amun Beis. So the topic of today's Daf is going to be, when are you allowed to move a mace? So someone's digging in his yard, he finds a mace or a few mason, is he allowed to move these mason? He doesn't want them here, or for a different reason he wants to move them, can he move the mason? Now, the Nidan is going to be, were these mason buried here bequeous? Were they buried here on purpose? This was the plan for them to stay here, and it was supposed to be a kavua thing. If yes, you're not allowed to move them. If not, then if they were buried there temporarily or a different situation, then you would be allowed to move them. How do we know? How do we gauge each, each situation? So that's going to be the topic of today's daf. Why are we bringing this right now? What does this have to do with anything? So really, just be, doesn't have much to do with anything we've been talking about recently, but the last Mishnah had the words in it, sheraglayim ledavar. That was as it relates to the so we learned already that we only apply the Chazkas Tahara, we only apply the Halacha, sorry, of Tomas HaTehoim when we have a Chazkas Tahara, but not when we have a Chazkas Toma. Why? We explain Sheraglayim Ledover. Either way, just because the Mishnah we're about to deal with also has the word Sheraglayim Ledover, because it makes sense, and there's feet to the matter, literally, because it makes sense that we should apply this Vara. So it just has these words also. That's why we're saying this Mishnah right here. Also, it has to do with Tomas HaTehoim that we have been dealing with recently, but either way, totally new halacha. When are you allowed to move a mace? Says the Mishnah, someone who finds a mace in his yard, he finds this mace, meaning he just discovered it for the first time, and no one knew about the mace, because if you knew about the mace, and people knew the mace was buried there, then it's a regular case where this mace was supposed to be there, and it was probably supposed to be there, and therefore you're not allowed to move it. So this whole thing only starts if he finds the mace, that he found it, he found it suddenly, and he discovered it randomly, and therefore... That's where you're going to have this halacha. So he found the betchila, mushk of kedarka. He found it laying properly, meaning kedarka, like the way a regular yid is buried, the way a regular Yisrael is buried. So he's, he was laid down and buried the way a Jew is usually buried. Night levest fusasa. The halacha is, since it's only one mace that he found, so he doesn't have to be chayshish that this is where he was supposed to be buried, kavua, and also he doesn't have to be chayshish that maybe this is a mace of kvaris, it's only one mace, and the halacha is, he takes the mace, he's allowed to take him, bury him somewhere else. Vest fusasa. He also has to take the dirt around the mace and bury it somewhere else because we have to be chayshish that you know a lot of the liquids and juices that come out of the mace over time it decomposes and becomes part of the earth it goes into the earth so a lot of that that dirt around it has part of the mace so the halacha is night fusasa. what's the shear of the tfusa the dirt he has to take around it so we're going to see that later in the gemara but either way he has to take the mace along with the dirt around it and bury it somewhere else shnayim what if he finds two in his yard so the halacha is the same then he could still move them and he could still take them and you don't have to be chayish that they were buried there in a kavua way since you just found them randomly and it's only two therefore you're still allowed to take them and you can bury them somewhere else but if he found three Three already is the number. If in between the mason, the three mason, it, the space in between them is between four and eight amos. Then harizush chunas kvaris. That is the shear, the way they used to bury people, and. That is the normal size of a shchunas kvaris, this burial plot where they used to have a few mesim in this little burial plot. And therefore, you have to be chayshish that since that's the shear that they used to put between the mesim, and that's the shear that you would find within this amount of area, these amount of mesim, so you have to be chayshish that this place is a shchunas kvaris, and all of a sudden, a few deen quick kick in. First of all, once we're chayshish that it's a shchunas kvaris, all of a sudden, you're not let a be mefanaisim. You're not. You're also lefanaisim. You're not allowed to move them out. Why? Because it's already a basic kvaris, and this is specifically a shchunas kvaris, and therefore you have to be chesed. They were buried there, kavua, and they're supposed to stay there. So since they're buried there, kavua, you're not allowed to move them. Also, you have to be chesed that the rest of this place is a basic kvaris, and that's why the Mishnah continues that baidik 
You also have to check and dig up the surrounding areas, meaning 20 amos from here and on, meaning from each side, you have to check within 20 amos of the mason you just found for more mason. Because since you just found three, it has it then all of a sudden, of A, you're not going to be able to move them. B, you have to be chayshish that maybe there's more. And that's why you have to start checking 20 amos all around. If you found another mace, another one, even at the end of 20 amos from the other three you just found, then what do you have to do? You have to check another 20 amos from that one mace. By the way, this is, these are the two words why we're bringing this mission up. Because it makes sense. Meaning, this, it makes sense that this place was used already as a basic forest. Why? Because we already, we already found three mason. So even if you find one at the end of the 20, we have to be chayish that maybe it starts over there. So maybe you have to check from there another 20 amas, and maybe you're going to find more mason. Why? Meaning, normally, and that's how the Mishnah ends off, because if at the beginning you just found only this one, meaning the one that you just found at the end of 20 amas, you wouldn't have to do anything. You could actually, you would have, you would, you would have been able to take it and apply the Allah of take it, bury it somewhere else, and you take the Tfusa, you take the dirt with it, because that's Allah when you find only one. But, since you found this one after you found three other mason, and that were, that they created a Shunas Kvaris, and you just found this one at the end of 20 Amas from them. So, although the Mishnah says if you found that by itself, you would be able to move it and you wouldn't have to be Chayshish for a basic Kvaris, now that you found it 20 Amas away from this Shunas Kvaris, the other one you found, so you have to be Chayshish, and there's Raglayim Ladavar. It makes sense that this place is already used as a basic Kvaris, and that's why you have to check also from there another 20 Amas. That's the Gemara. Amar Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah says, the Mishnah said, important to, uh, to read again, Matzah Meis Mushkav Kedarkai. Rabbi Yudah is going to be Medayik every word in the Mishnah. Matzah Meis Mushkav Kedarkai. I mean, the case was, you found a Meis Mushkav laying down Kedarkai, the way a Jew is normally buried. So Amar Rabbi Yudah, Matzah. What do we learn from the word Matzah? Prat the Matzah. That excludes a case where it's Matzah, meaning where it's already known. Matzah means you found it. It wasn't known already, which excludes a case. Matzah, where it was already found. It was already known. That in that case, you wouldn't be able to move it because a known kever, again, he was buried there by and you have no right to move it, even if it's only one. Mace. What does that word teach me? Meaning matzah mace. So you found the mace, prop the harak. This excludes if you found someone who was killed. So if you see clearly he was killed, he's missing a limb or something like that, or he was killed from a, a, a wound. You see clearly by a sword, whatever the case is. If you find a person that was killed, that's the mace that you find, then he, you, that one, it excludes him, meaning he's not included in the salacha, that you're allowed to move him. Why are you allowed to move him? Because since the nerag's guf, as we're going to see later in the Gemara, since the nerag's guf, this person's guf that you found, he was killed. And since he was killed, his guf is not shalim, it's not complete. The halacha is, we're going to learn in a few minutes, that when his guf is not complete and it's lacking something, there's no din tfusa, there's no din to take the dirt with him, and there's also no din shkuna squares, and therefore you're going to be allowed to move him. Mushkav, what does that word on the mission teach me? Meaning matzah mis, mushkav gedarka, we said if you find the mace lying properly in the way a Jew is normally buried. So Mushkav, he was lying down. What does that exclude? Probably Yosheb excludes the case. If you find him in a sitting position, that's not the derech of the way Jews bury someone, and therefore you're going to be able to move him. Kedarkoi, what does that word teach me? That final word, Kedarkoi, Matzah, Mace, Mushkav, Kedarkoi, the way Jews normally This excludes the case of if you find him in this interesting position of his head between his thighs. That also, that's not the derech of Jews to bury him that way, and therefore you're going to be able to move him. Tani ulubar chanina. Ulubar chanina taught. Mace shechasar, a mace that's not shalim. He's not, his body's not complete, rather he's missing a part of him. This Allah came up already. He's not going to have 
the din tefusa that you're going to have to take all the dirt with him. It's not going to be that's not going to be the din here. Relationship is Also, you don't have to be chayshish for any shchunas kvaris. V'chol hani my taima says the gemara. All these things we just said, all these specifications where it's only going to apply and where we're going to have these dinim of tefusa and shchunas kvaris. What is the reason that we're being so specific? My time I'm rinan dilma oived my time Meaning, why don't we have the din of shchunas kvaris? Sorry, so I'm rinan. The reason is because dilma oived kachavimu because we say that maybe since we found them in this eifin where it's not 100% the way a Jew would have been buried so we have to be chayshish that maybe we can be chayshish that maybe it's Ayvid Kachavim it's not a Jew and therefore you wouldn't have the din of Tavusa and you wouldn't have the din of Shunas Kfaris the Mishnah said Matzah Shnaim the Mishnah didn't say this the Gemara is continuing with more cases. So he finds two mesim in his yard, but they were buried in an interesting way. They were, they were buried head to feet of each other. So this one's head was to his feet, and his head was to his feet. So the halacha there is, the halacha is that there's no tfusa and there's no shkhan By the way, there's only two, so there's no shkhan as we know. But there's not even a din tfusa. Normally by Jews, even if even in the iPhone, you're allowed to move them because we don't have to be hushed for a shkunas kvaris and we could say that maybe they were buried there aray and you're allowed to move the Jew you still have to move their dirt along with them and they would have the din tfusa although you don't have the din shkunas kvaris but over here you don't have the din tfusa and you don't have the din shkunas kvaris not even tfusa why? because you could be you could assume that they're not Yisrael meaning they were not buried in a way that Yisra- that Yisraelim are normally buried, and therefore you don't have to assume that they're Yisraelim, and they're not going to have the din tfusa or shkunas kvaris. What if you found three though? But one of them was known already, and one of them was known. He was buried there, and therefore you could be chashed that it's kavua. But two of them that you found are tchila. Two of them were random, and you found them just now. You discovered them. Oi, or the opposite. That really the correct yersa here is one of them you found you just discovered right now but two of them were already known that they were there so the halacha here is that they do have a din tfusa. by the way yesh I just changed it to yesh from ain I didn't change it the rush changed it but the correct here is as the rush says yesh lem tfusa. they do have the din of tfusa. you're going to have to take the dirt with them because we have to be that they're Yisraelim but they don't have the din of shkunas and you're going to be allowed to move them you also don't have to be chashish why? because we're chashish that they're Jews because or they were buried normally, but since it's since they're all not the same, some of them were known, some of them were not, then there's a glaim ledavar that they were buried there, that they weren't buried there, bequias, and you could move them. That's why they have the halacha of tfusa, that you're going to have to take the dirt along with them because you have to be chashed their Jews, but not shkunas kvaris because they were found and they weren't all the same. Therefore, we could be chashed that it wasn't buried, they weren't buried out there in a kavua de kawe. There was a story with Rabbi Yeshev, Shabbadak, checked his yard and he found maybe a yard whatever it was and he found two Yaduin two Mason that were known to be there but one of them meaning the third one that was to make it a Shkunas Kvaris the third one was found and discovered for the first time and he wanted to make give this Sade a din of the Shkunas Kvaris like when you find three Mason Rabbi Kiva said to him 
Everything, you, all the effort you just put in to make this into Shkunas Kvaris was Lashav. It was Larik. It was for no point. You just put on, you just put in all this effort basically and you did all this Yigiyah for no point. Larik. Why? Because Le'amr Shkunas Kvaris Elo Le'gimel Yedu'in Le'shlo'ishatchila Because the only time Chazal said the Allah of Shkunas Kvaris that you're not allowed to move them and it would have the Dinam Shkunas Kvaris that also you would have to check 20 Yamas, etc. is when you have Gimel Yedu'in when you have three known Kvarim over there or three that you just discovered. Then you have to be Chayshish. But otherwise like in the case of one and two or two and one, that's not going to be the din of Shkunas Kvaris. And basically, Rabbi Kiva said, there's no reason to be chayshish over here for a Shkunas Kvaris. Says the Gemara, quoting the Mishnah, in a case where you're allowed to move them, so you take the bodies, and if you, you, when you're chayshish that, that they could be Jews, you take them with the Tfusa, with the dirt that comes along with them. So now we're going to explain the sheer Tfusa. Tfusa, what exactly is Tfusa? And what's the sheer of the dirt that you have to bring along with the mace? Meaning, what's the mikar really? That's what we're asking. We're going to talk about this here in a minute. What's the mikar to bringing the dirt that was buried with the person along with him? Why do you have to move that as well? When you're allowed to move a mace, you have to bring the dirt. Why is that true? So, I'm reviewing the arena says the mikar is from. Yaakov Avinu, when he was commanding Yosef to make sure he was taken out of Mitzrayim, he said, and make sure in the future they bring me out of Mitzrayim. I want to be brought to the Maras Machpelah. So he said, and the Rosh adds in, meaning this extra word, we know already he's in Mitzrayim. So what do you mean, just tell me. The point is, he wants to be brought to the Maras Machpelah. So why does he have to say, take me from Mitzrayim? So, we're darshaning mimitzrayim tolimi. Bring me along with some of mitzrayim. Mimitzrayim tolimi. Bring with me tolimi mimitzrayim from some of mitzrayim. Bring with me. Meaning, bring some of the dirt along that I was buried with in mitzrayim. Bring that mitzrayim, that dirt of mitzrayim, along with me. Become a shir tfusa. And what's the shir? How much dirt do you have to bring? Pirush Rebelezer. Rebelezer explains. And by the way, this Rebelezer ben Pedas, the Amira. It's going to be important for the next Gemara. Rebelezer ben Pedas explains. He takes all the afar tichuach which is the soft dirt that's around the mace. And also the hard dirt, by the way, the basula, the untouched harder dirt, that also he has to take, what's here? Gimel etzbais. Three etzbais of that. So he takes all the soft dirt that's around the mace, and even the hard dirt, he has to take three etzbais of it. Mace Ask the Gemara on the shir that Rebbe ben Pedas just said. Rebbe ben Pedas was an Abaira. But we have a brisa that says, Vekama shir atfusa. What is the shir atfusa? Pirish Rebbe Lezabar B'Tzadok. explains, Naitel es hakismin. He takes the kismin, which are like the wood chips the, that broke off from the coffin, the shivrei ha'arin, the wood chips that broke off from the arin. He also takes the clumps of dirt that are under the maze. And then he has this, all this stuff from it, and he could separate it. He could throw away the pieces that are for sure not mixed in with the mace, that for sure weren't nisarev at all with the mace. He throws away those pieces. Anything that, any piece that there's a suffix of maybe there's a little bit of the mace in it, absorbed in it, then he keeps those svekas. He puts it in a place that everyone's going to be nizar from Toma, Vashar, and the rest of it that's going to be Vadai, Mitztarev, Lurav, Benyanisho, Mace, Ulurav, Vatsamais, and and the rest of it that we could be sure is part of the mace, the atzam mace and, uh, and the gidim and everything else, it's going to be mitztarev to roiv binyan of mace. If it makes up the shear that we learned of roiv binyan of the mace, the, the most of the build of the mace, which would be metame bitomas oil, or the roiv atzam for a quarter of a kav of bones, 
which is Reva Atzamas, the Shir for Reva Atzamas, which we know also is Mitami Ba'ayel, or in the Malay Tarvid Rekem, for Malay Tarvid Rekem, which we know is a spoonful of corpse dust, all this would be Mitzvah, also to a spoonful of corpse dust, which is also the Shir to be Mitame. But what's the question? The question on our Blazerman Pandas from this Brisa is Mikamakam, we see from here that you don't have to take dirt that's Vade not from the maze. Dirt that was vade, not this ariv with the mace. You don't have to take that. And we didn't say you have to take three etzbois. We only said you have to take the kismet. You could throw any, anything you know that for sure wasn't this ariv. And anything that's a suffix you keep. But... For sure, not the hard dirt, meaning you take all the soft dirt because maybe that was Nisara, but the hard dirt that we said before, Blazman Badas told us you have to take three etzbais, that for sure there's no mace Nisara. It's still hard, it's, it's Afar Bisula. So why would you have to take that? We see clearly anything you know, Vada, you're not going to have to take. And says the Gemara that who the Amar Kiaitana, really, Rebbe Lezman Padas, he, and Akhanami, he doesn't hold like this Braiso. And he would say, though, he has a different Tana to rely on because he would say like the following Tana, Benazai. The Tanya, as we see in the Braiso, become a Shir Tfusa. What's a Shir Tfusa? He says the same shear as Rabbi Lezman Bedas said that you take all the afartichoach, all the soft dirt around the mace, and also you have to dig and take even the hard dirt, the basula shear of shalosh etzboys. So Rabbi Lezman Bedas and Echanami, he doesn't go like the first brisa we brought, but he goes like Benazai in the second brisa we just brought. Said the Mishnah, in a case when you found a and you have to be chayshish that it's a shkunas kvaris. We said that is that you have to check 20 amois of the mace. Meaning when you found three masim in the proper form, so you have to, and they were all found randomly, or they were yadua, so you have to check 20 amois to each side. Amar Rava. Rava says like this. Badak upina, badak upina, badak v'ashkach. What if he checked this field? And he found one mace. And then he moved him. Because you're, when you check and you find one mace, you're allowed to move him. It has a din of, of a mace that you found in your field that's not a basic varus or a shkunas varus yet because it's only one. We said the shear is three. And if you find only one, you're allowed to move him. So he moves him. In the Oisfin of Heter. So Badak, he found one, Upina. And he moved him out. Badak, Upina. And then he checked again and he found another one. And he also moved him out again. One or two, you're allowed to move out. But then, Badak Ashkach, he checked his field one more time and he found a third one. But the thing is, these three he didn't find all together. He already moved out the other two. So now he found a third one. So what's going to be the halacha? Can he now move this third one? What's the tzad to say? Yeah, because the other one's removed already. So maybe he could move this one or no. What are you talking about? This third one is obviously a third out of the other two you just found. And therefore, it should have the din of a regular shkunas kvaris that you're not going to be able to move the one. And also, do you have to move the other ones back because you realize it's a shkunas kvaris now? So it says, said Rava that lo mifani he cannot, and he is not allowed to move this third one to wherever he moved the other two, because Vadai, it's a Shkunas Kvaris right now. You just found the third one, and you have to be Chajish now. It's a Shkunas Kvaris. And also, you're going to have the Din, as well, that we're going to see in a second. But either way, you don't have to, meaning you're not allowed to move this third one you just found, because now it has the Din of a Shkunas Kvaris. But also, Rabbi adds in that you don't have to move those two you already moved. You don't have to move it back to this one you just found, when you realize it's a Shkunas Kvaris, and you shouldn't have moved the other two. Once you did, you don't have to move them back. So, by the way, just to point out, how much do we consider it now like a Shkuna Squares? I understand you're not allowed to move the third one because it's a Shkuna Squares, but do we also have to be chayshish that, uh, do we have to start checking and apply the other dinim? Like you have to check for 
20 Amas and see if there's more Mason. So Taisus brings that there are Garsim, there is a gear to say that that you have to check for 20 Amas. That is 100% the regular din of Shkun Asparis, that you're going to have to check 20 Amas away. Igadamri, those that brought it down differently. Igadamri, those that brought it down. Amar Rabba said, once you were allowed, that's the opposite of what we just said, once you were allowed to bring out the other two, because you brought out one beheter, you found one, moved it, that was okay. You found another one, moved it, that was okay. And once you were allowed to, once you were given Rosh and you were allowed to move it, you're allowed to move even the third one, since at the time that you found it, there was only one there. I understand there was two before, but you moved them already, and therefore there's only one. Now and you're going to be allowed to move it. Ask the Gemara, how could that be? What do you mean? It should be Yishkun Asparas. And then the day, he found three. Why is he allowed to move number three, just because he already moved the other two? And then the day, this shows you that three were over there, and it's Yishkun Asparas, and he was probably buried there on purpose. So how are you allowed to move it? So explains, This is a special Allah we apply sometimes, special Svara we apply sometimes, that Chazal were very into the idea of being Metar Eretz Yisrael, and trying to find as much Tara as they can for Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, even with the smallest excuse, they found a little way to be they found an excuse, they found an excuse to move number three. Why? Because the other two are already moved. So you're allowed to move number three, because right now there's only one mace there. It's like, I, I hear the Svara to say, nah, it's for sure. It's very strong Svara, but either way, this is a little Svara to say the other way. It's a little excuse with your and With that, we're allowed to move it, so we can move it out of here and bring more Tahara to Eretz Yisrael. Padak me esrim. So now we're going to ask. So we know when we find the Shkunas for us, we find three Mason Nalachas, you have to check for 20 Amas and make sure there's no Mason. But what if you check 20 Amas to each side and you didn't find any Mason? Does that make the situation better? And does it show you that, listen, the three you already found was a random three and it doesn't have the Din of Shkunas for us anymore? Why? Because... We checked around 20, 20, 20, 20. We checked around all 20 Amis and there's no other Mason. So maybe the three that you found, even that's not going to be a Shkun as far as. So does it help the situation or is it no? No, since you found three, I don't care that there was no other ones. It's for sure going to be a Shkun as far as. So Badak me asir mama belay matzah. Mai, what's going to be the halacha? Amr menash ver yirmiya, amr rav, shkun as It's still going to be a Shkun as And the rush takes out the next line from here to the Mishnah because... Would be the opposite of what we're saying. But either way, we're going to be machmir here and still consider it a shkunas kvars, and it's going to have all the dinam of a shkunas kvars because a shkunas kvars is when you find three me- three mason buried in an oifin, like we explained before, and therefore you have to be chayshish that they were buried here kavua, and you're not going to be allowed to move them mishumpon and oifin. Says the Mishnah, as it relates to tsaras, kol safik nigoim betchila tahor. All safik you as it, re- as it relates to tsaras. Whether it is a nega, whether it's not, whether he's tameh or tar. So if it's betchila, safik nega, betchila, then it's going to be tar. What does betchila mean? It means at the beginning, before he becomes actually tameh. Meaning it's not when he's tameh and he has a suffolk, whether he's still tameh or he's tar. But rather, he's tar right now and he has a chezkes tara. It's betchila, it's before he became tameh for sure. And right now he has a suffolk, whether he becomes tameh. So that's what the Mishnah says. Call safik nega, betchila, tar. As when he has a suffolk about whether he became tameh and whether it's a nega, whether he's tameh with saras, whether he's while he still has a Chazkas Tahira though, Tar. That's going to be Tar, meaning before he actually became Tameh. Misha Nizka however, once he became Tameh, and now he has a Suffolk, an additional Suffolk, whether he's still Tameh or whether he became Tar, then since he already has a Chazkas that's where we're going to say that since it's a Suffolk and he has a Chazkas Tameh, it's going to be Tameh. How do we know this? Amar of Yud, Amar Rav. Remu the name of Rav, Amar Kav, because the Pasuk says, And what do we see from this? Since the Pasuk chose and the Torah chose to use the word letarai first. Tahara comes first to teach us that that has precedence. What has precedence when you have a suffix? 
Tahara. It says letarei or letama. It doesn't say letama or letarei. Tahara comes first, and that teaches you that when you have a case of a suffix, it's going to be you're going to choose that tahara, and that's why once you have a cheskas tahara and there's a suffix, we're going to say that it's going to be tar. Says the Gemara. The obvious question. If you're going to teach me from a pasuk, since it says tahara first, when you have a suffix, go after the tahara and assume that it's tar. So I don't understand. So why does it matter whether he has a cheskas toma or a cheskas tahara? Why are you telling me that only works when he has a cheskas tahara? Even if he has a cheskas toma, once he already became tummy, and now you have an additional suffix, whether he became tar or not, still it should be sveikai tar, even though he has a cheskas toma, because the pasuk said tahara first, says the gemara and a chanami. You're right. So that's not the limud, and that's what that's not what we applied the memra of Rebuda Marav that we just brought down. What were we saying? Meaning, first of all, what's Peshat in the Mishnah? Why only when he has a Chazkas Tahara are we going to say that if he has a Suffolk, it's going to be Tar? So really, right now, we're not going to give another answer to that. But right now, the Gemara is going to stand for the Pasha Peshat of the Mishnah. Because it makes sense. We go after the Chazka, the Chazaka that he has. And therefore, if he has a Chazkas Tahara, so if there's a Suffolk that's Nailad, we're going to go after the Chazaka. If there's a Chazkas Tahara, so we're not going to be Matara him if there's a Suffolk and he has a Chazkas Tahara. Since he has a Chazkas Tahara, we're going to stay with his Chazaka, then he's going to be Tameh. And that's Peshat in the Mishnah that... If he has a cheskas tahara, that's when we're going to say if he has a suffix, whether he became tame, he is going to be tar. But But if you want to play the, apply this memra of Rabbi Yudha Marav that just said about this pasik that it said tahara first, so really Rabbi Yudha Marav was said about this. Aha, on the following. What? So. Like this, in Baharis So if you have, as it relates to a nega, so a nega of saras, classic saras is a spot, a discolored part of the skin, like a lighter part, a whitish part, and there's white hairs in it. So you need both those things: a discolored skin plus the white hairs in it. But only, it's only going to be saras if the if the, what's it called, if the spot came before the hairs, but if the white hairs came before the actual spot, then it's not going to be considered saras. And that's what it says over here. In Baraskin Melisar, if the Baharis, the spot came before the white hairs that developed, then Lassar Lovan before the white hairs, then Tommy, then it's going to be Tommy. It's classic saras. Then Sar Lovan, Kaidim the Baharis Tar. But if the white hairs came before the discolored skin, then it's going to be Tahor. Suffolk. What if you have a Suffolk? Tommy. If you have a Suffolk, it's going to be Tommy. Vermishua Markeo. Vermishua says, no, not Tommy. But keo. Now, what does keo mean? Keo literally means weak or like a lightish color. But what does that have to do with anything? Or Mishu Amar Keo. Sounds like my keo. What does keo mean over here? So I'm reviewed. The review says keo vitar. It's keo and it's going to be tar. Meaning in the Tyra, keo is a color that's going to be tar. And it's not this color. That's not what we're saying. But it's as if it's keo. And keo we know is going to be tar. And that's where Mishu is arguing and he's saying that even if it's a suffix, we're going to act and treat it as if it's keya, vitar, and it's going to be tar. Says the Gemara, how does Rabbi Shua know that? Vidoma keya vitame. Not vidoma keya is tame. We know keya is tar. But maybe vidoma keya, and when he said that, he meant tame. Because meaning, meaning we're just asking on Rabbi Shua, how do you know to say that it's going to be tar? Vidoma keya vitame. Maybe this case is going to be tame. Maybe this case should be tame when you have a suffix. How does Rabbi Shua know to say if you have a suffix, which one came first, the white skin or the white hairs? How does Rabbi Shua know to say that me suffix, it's going to be tar? That's basically the question, as the Rush explains it. So I'm and on this, Rabbi Yudamarav said, because the Pasuk says, it says, first. And from that we learn, it says, before it says, and therefore, if you have a suffix over here about which one came first, the Baharis, or the Sarlaman, or the white hairs, we're gonna go with the Tahara, and we're gonna assume, it's going to be Tahor.